will come out either later today or tomorrow. Uh, but it's, it's very interesting for a couple reasons. I just wanted to give everybody a little bit of a preview. Um, the uh, federal government, as you know, revises their numbers. It was a dramatic revision, a couple of them, in Indiana's numbers. Um, for, for 2011, they had initially reported that the state added 27,000 jobs, private sector jobs. It turned out they missed by 60%. It was 43,000. So we outperformed the country significantly. In the month of December, um, we, um, at 2% of the nation's population, we added 5% of the nation's new jobs. I'm sorry, it's January, excuse me. Um, so this is good news, and it, it uh, is a lot more consistent with what we thought we saw anyway in the Indiana economy and, and also in the revenue to state government, which has been reasonably uh, strong. Uh, since the uh, worst of the recession, uh, Indiana has uh, uh, added 5% and the nation more like 3 So it's not nearly good enough, but it's much better than what had been reported and much better than what is going on as a national uh, average. There's one other thing that's been very interesting to me, and I, I take it as very good news. The Indiana workforce, the number of people working or actively looking for work, is as big as it was before the bubble burst in 07. They call it the peak. That is true almost nowhere else. And um, as you've probably noticed, nationwide, the number of people in the workforce has gone down by several million. It was reported last week that if the same number of people were looking for work nationally as before the recession, unemployment would be about 11% right now. So we take the, this is a sign of the work ethic of Hoosiers. They want to work. They're looking for work. I think it's also a sign of some optimism. They see enough activity to, uh, to encourage those who are not already employed to get out and look. Now, on the um, legislature that we just finished, I just want to say thanks to all those who participated in another important session for Indiana. I'm going to highlight full day kindergarten. This has been an eight year endeavor of this administration. Um, in 2006, about one in seven five-year-olds had access to full-day kindergarten. It's now six out of seven, and it'll soon be universally available in our state. This is a direct result of fiscal uh, caution and putting Indiana in a stronger fiscal condition than other places. This is an $80 million a year uh, addition to the budget. We'll be spending $160 million more or less to make sure that full-day kindergartens available in every district in Indiana. And so it's been a, a long march over these last few years, but we are really pleased and excited that we were able to do this. We're doing this at a time when education is still being cut in state after state around the country. Right to Work was a very important achievement. We've already signed new agreements with three companies. One announced and two to come soon. There are 31 companies as of Friday night uh, now on our, uh, in our negotiation roles who have identified right to work as a major, if not the major, factor in their interest in Indiana. I probably underestimated uh, how 
important an addition to our already excellent business climate this was going to be. Lastly, I'm pleased with the uh, compromises that, have, that occurred around the automatic tax <coughs> refund. The tax refund remains a part of Indiana law. The threshold for future refunds, not the one we believe will happen in this tax year, but future refunds was raised to 12.5%, and I'm fine with that. It, it's, an, it's, it's being even more careful to make sure we have enough money set aside for some future downturn or urgent need. But it preserves the principle that past some point of security, the money belongs to the taxpayer, not to the politicians. And um, we'll have to see, but with three months to go, based on keeping spending levels um, somewhat below uh, budget and revenues holding up um, better than the budgeted numbers uh, had forecast, I believe the guesstimates about the size of the uh, refund for 2012 are, um, are on the low end of the range. That is to say, $100 on a joint return, which is two-thirds of the taxpayers, um, $50 for the one-third who file singly. That's probably <coughs> very conservative, probably going to be something above that. And 3.3 million, more or less, Hoosiers, therefore, will um, see that bit of tax relief as a direct consequence of the General Assembly and the administ this administration being careful with how dollars were managed. A lot of other good things happened, happy about a smoking ban, happy about more compensation for the state, a fair victims' families, and very happy, by the way, uh, at the phase out of the inheritance tax in Indiana. This will be another important step forward toward more jobs in the future. It has driven a lot of people. It has driven a lot of um, in, in investment out of this state. And um, it has made life very difficult on a lot of family-owned businesses and family-owned farms in the past, some of whom were forced to sell just to pay the taxes. And so uh, that was not one of my proposals, why I leave it to last, but as soon as it became clear that it might be possible, I was enthusiastic, and I, I think the uh, gradual phase-out approach they took is a responsible one. That's my story. Uh, Nikki, that's been part of my agenda since the uh, State of the Union speech of 2006. As soon as we got the books of the balanced, the state balanced, way back then I started talking about it. We've, we've put money into it, as you know, steadily. That's how we went from 10,000 kids to 67,000 kids, but that still left another 10,000 or more to go. So um, it's, uh, I, can, I consider it one of the most satisfying um, of the... Uh, achievements that we've had. If, if that's one of the most satisfying and other issues are clear wins, is local government reform, have they been disappointed? Is it mm -hmm. still so much resistance? Sure, uh, that's right. You know, we've gotten about a third of the Curtin and Shepard recommendations uh, enacted. And um, I think the two this year, conflict of interest and nepotism, are both very important. Um, some of the others were too. I mean, clearly, Moving the funding of child welfare to the state was a very big and very, I think, uh, significant uh, change. But no, I, 
I continue to be disappointed. We couldn't get, have gotten more than a third done. I will point out that uh, quite separately, uh, reform is coming to Indiana and property tax caps are one reason why. I saw it on my most recent trip uh, last week out in the state. Um, we uh, lowered property taxes and capped them mainly as a protection of homeowners and senior citizens and as an improvement in the business climate. But it is having the effect, uh, many places I go, of leading people to start looking at the kind of consolidation of back office and administrative costs that uh, Kern and Shepard spoke to. So is the smoking ban as strong as you would hope it would be? I'll just say it's, I, I was, I would have hesitated to hope for anything more. It was, we'd never even gotten half this far before. Or I'd say, maybe you could say we've gotten, we'd only ever gotten half this far before. And so, without knowing what might, it might take and what compromises would be part of it, I always knew that if we were going to pass anything at all, it was going to have uh, some uh, exceptions. Um, so, um, I think it's, I really commend those, Charlie Brown, who's worked on it for so many years, and all those that uh, joined together, I think should feel that they did as much as anyone could have expected. Can I make, can I make one other general point? I probably should have before. Uh, I would just ask you to reflect on the fact that I mean, you know, controversy always more newsworthy and partisan differences will always be with us, but I'd ask you to reflect on the fact that most of the items I just talked about were very bipartisan. The smoking ban could only have passed with the votes of uh, lots of people in both parties, and the same is true for really uh, all the other items, uh, maybe except one or two. Sorry. When you look at the way session worked out, uh, some things lawmakers did, whether it was, you know, right to work or education reform or taxpayer refund. Before at the end, it seemed we got, got caught up in Girl Scouts and license plates and some other things. Do you think lawmakers went a little bit too long? They should just sort of cut it off early? Well, they did cut it off early. Uh, taxpayers should be happy at a, uh, they're, they're finishing several days ahead of schedule. Um, my own viewpoint is that these other items that, um, with which some folks got all infatuated and spent a lot of time and spilled a lot of ink were always sideshows. Some big things were going on in this General Assembly. And um, uh, those are the things I think that will be and ought to be remembered longest. Those are the things that will have a real effect. Did you talk to any of the lawmakers about some of their crazy bills to try and Sure. Down well, I'll leave the adjectives to you, Dan. But <laughs> I had lots of talks with people about some of these, uh, I'll say, you know, side issues. And you saw, you saw them one by one uh, return to the sidelines. But I mean, I understand we all do why things that are a little uh, quirky or unusual get a lot of attention. But it, that's fine. But it, it shouldn't, as we look back now on the session, it shouldn't um, be uh, uh, allowed to dominate because those things came and went and uh, full day kindergarten tax uh, the tax refund right to work these these things will uh, be major facts of life in Indiana for a long time looking back over the whole eight years or eight sessions what's the most frustrating thing that you didn't get done Norm let me answer it this way I, um, th there were there were things that I would love to have achieved. For instance, the big infusion to higher ed that we 
uh, had an idea about uh, involving uh, the, the lottery a few years ago. I'd like to have found a way to do that. Higher ed is so important to our state's future, both strengthening it and reforming it. But let me answer you this way. Uh, there will always be important work ahead for Indiana. And I hope that these eight years have established uh, a new expectation that not just once a decade or once in a while, but that every single year Indiana will hunt big game, that we will look to do important, significant things. And I believe that can be said of the last eight years, including number eight, when folks are supposed to be completely out of, out of gas and out of energy. And uh, so I hope there will always be something that uh, bothers us, and something that excites us about how we can build a bigger state. And uh, uh, I won't have a 2013 agenda, but I hope somebody's working on a big one. Governor, um, stage inspections weren't on your agenda, right. but lawmakers got that done. Your reaction to that? Fine. It's just fine. You know, uh, um, my view is that we shouldn't be dealing with uh, temporary outdoor stages, at least at the state fair anymore anyway. You know, we're working on a, a way to uh, see that uh, the Coliseum becomes the venue for those big shows in the future. No, I think that's absolutely uh, fine and um, um, glad they did it. Is there any concern on your part about the loss of revenue that comes with the inheritance tax phase out? No, I think that it's a, a, the gradual nature of the phase out, the, the, the strong position the state is in and we believe will continue to be in uh, for the next couple years. I think it's very responsible now, at least people can begin planning on it. Um, but uh, no, this was a, <clears throat> as always, uh, fiscal uh, uh, integrity was a, a big concern, even of the proponents of it, and that's why they opted for a, uh, the, the glide path that they did. What do you think should be done with license plates, especially license plates? I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, early on we were concerned about the proliferation of them, but as part of the overhaul of the BMV, one of a hundred uh, changes that folks uh, came up with was a way in which the state no longer lost money on them, or, and it was not nearly the administrative uh, a hassle that it was initially. So since then, uh, you know, it hasn't, we, we, whatever the legislature wants is fine with us, whether it's very few or a, or a unlimited number, we have a system that is efficient and uh, uh, pays for itself or maybe even a little bit more. And so we can live, as an administration, we can live with any, any regime they want. Do you feel like that was a fight that needed to be taken up in the last few weeks of the session? Well, it's like a, a, a couple of the other uh, flare-ups that were asked about, uh, it had, had it gotten in the way of real business, I would have, had any of them gotten in the way of real business, yes, that would be a concern. None of them did. Uh, they stirred up a lot of, of uh, discussion, and that's perfectly uh, expected and normal. But uh, since they, none of them really impeded the big work of the session, in the end, I think it's, it's just fine. No, I heard that notion. We don't have any uh, 
complaint on that yet. If BMV gets a complaint about anybody and violating any contract, they ought to look at it. We believe in enforcing contracts we make, but whether it, whether it holds true here or, or not, I don't know. It may be. I, certainly, I've heard the subject raised before, and um, um, you know, you can't be too safe where little ones are involved. So, um, <coughs> it may well be. Have you uh, identified any possible solutions to the carbon loading deal? Are you actively working with them? We will if if the company sees a way forward. We we. Uh, uh, did as much as we knew how on, in, in this case uh, to uh, bring that company here. And uh, uh, it's a very unfortunate situation. I said the other day, more proof of the old adage, you climb in bed with the federal government, you get a lot more than a good night's sleep. And here, as, uh, as other companies are finding, by the way, they were, the federal government changes a marketplace when it extends huge subsidies out there and they induced or seduced businesses to spend years chasing them, walked them around the down the primrose path and then cut them off and it's uh, you know what we'll always wonder in a case of carbon, bright and other companies is if they'd never messed with the federal government at all, might they have found a way to finance that business and get it get it up and running? But uh, they, they blew a lot of time, and you saw how incredibly angry and frustrated both those companies were at the way the federal government treated them. I, I'm sorry to say I don't know this issue. Uh, you know, generally that's a not good practice, and generally the legislature is very careful about that that very principle. Now, whether it applies here or how it applies, I don't know. I'm sorry. We'll look at it, Nikki, and we'll get you an answer. The legislature is now entirely in the arrears year. <laughs> for the remainder of their tenure, uh, Department by department, effective action. Uh, we agreed in the fourth quarter of last year with every significant department and agency on, um, I said, show me at least three big reforms, improvements, um, enhancements, um, and uh, we will be marching to uh, see that those are all accomplished by our last day of service. Everyone understands there, we expect to work hard and still be finding efficiencies and in service improvements um, on our last day. So there'll be that. There's the day-in, day-out work of trying to find ways to conserve dollars, uh, deliver services more efficiently, and uh, we clearly want to turn over to whoever comes next uh, a very solid situation that is AAA in every respect. Have you seen the WIC concept before? No, I'm very eager to, obviously, and uh, uh, but. Uh, hire the best in the world. You can't tell them how to do what they do, but uh, we're, um, they know we're uh, very eager to learn whatever they have to tell us and um, hope that's very soon. We talked about wanting to see the final language of a police entry bill before deciding whether or not mm -hmm. to support 
I just don't want to talk about it yet. I want to have a long look at it and see if anyone uh, has anything to say that I haven't already heard. How far? The impact of property tax <laughs> Property tax tax, the impact. Where were you last week that you saw the positive impact of property tax? Well, I don't want to name the county, but I'll just say I was, I, I was in, uh, it's not the first such experience. I was in a rural county and uh, talking to a, a teacher who was concerned about their schools, and uh, I pointed out that that county, very small, very low number of total students, is carved up in several school districts, and there was a lot. Of, Back to a familiar theme. This would be, a, by the way, a, a reasonable answer to the questions about what do you wish. I wish we'd gotten more dollars into the classroom in this state. We brought it up year after year after year. Progress has been fairly slow. We still consume so many dollars that could be paying teachers, uh, uh, paying for textbooks, all sorts of uses if, um, if we didn't have so much redundant administration. So, the person said, yes, there's a serious conversation going on for the first time about putting some of those administrations together. Well, because you were in the tornado hit areas. So yeah, well, this wasn't one of those. This was not one of those. On Rockport, you, but why push for the tax credit and then with legislation and sort of the changing tactics? Yeah, well, yeah, well, we didn't push for it, but, uh, you know, it would have been fine with me if they had clarified what's perfectly clear, which is that this, the legislature twice has voted that this tax credit should apply to this clean coal project. And uh, this is about paying ourselves for energy. This is about finding clean ways, uh, extremely clean ways in this case, to use coal, putting people to work in Indiana, and securing a, a really good insurance policy in the form of some of our future natural gas at, uh, at a very affordable price. So um, it's still a really good project, and um, I hope that uh, we'll see it go forward. Are you saying your office didn't push for it? No, I mean, when somebody else offered it up and they asked us, we said, fine. It, if, it, if it clarifies even more what, is, what was clearly intended all along, my understanding is that, it, uh, that uh, passing yet another clarification might have headed off legal obstruction. Uh, and, uh, but if not, you know, maybe can still, should still go forward. Rockport is one of these projects where they're still in the running for this federal subsidy or loan guarantee. Should they get out now while they still can, taking a look at carbon loaders? That, well, that's, I mean, it's two to totally different programs, but I, I take your point that uh, um, it's the same federal agency, I guess. Uh, no, that's for them to decide. Um, you know, clearly, both Bright and Carbon uh, present cases where people dealt in good faith with the federal government for years. You know, Carbon, if you read their letter, I mean, both the Carbon and Bright letters are worth reading as they go through the history of their dealing. But in the case of Carbon, the federal government even had loan compliance officers in and out of their facility, which is ordinarily doesn't happen until they've signed a, a loan. They had every reason to believe this thing was going forward, similarly for Bright. And uh, so I don't know in the case of, uh, of Rockport, that's for them to judge, but these recent experiences are cautionary. I agree. Can you make your mind on a replacement for Secretary of State yet? Um, I'm waiting on the Supreme Court. I've got 
I think, a really uh, good person in mind, but uh, we don't know until the Supreme Court rules whether we'll be called on to make that choice. I think reasonably soon. I've been reading and rereading. I've been talking to a lot of people, listening to a lot of people, and uh, um, it'll be well ahead of the deadline. I think the deadline's not till the third week of April, something like that, and uh, I think we'll beat that, but with plenty of room to spare. Following the final rules question, how soon, if the Supreme Court rules that you can name Elliott's successor, how soon after that decision will you appoint the successor? I think pretty quickly. Um, I'm very... Um, uh, grateful to uh, the interim uh, choice over there who's been doing a great job and uh, so there's not great urgency the work I'm, I keep checking and the work of the office apparently being done very professionally and very quickly but no I think this thing needs to come to an end and so if, if the Supreme Court um, confirms as we believe that, uh, that that's the right way to fill the vacancy we won't mess around. I haven't made a close study of it. These things are always difficult. You, generally, we have a tendency, a bias toward uh, uh, openness, but there are laws and there are other interests involved, privacy interests. It's always hard to balance them. So I'm, I'm sure the court will pick the right balance in this case. All right, everybody, thank you very much. <laughs>